Hello, 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 and welcome to Capital Musings, UNCDR podcast, where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor in the 46 least developed countries. I'm Eduardo Tancioni, your host. You can find Capital Musings on your preferred streaming platform or directly on our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. As you know, it is time for some celebration. During this season, we're focused on the road to Doha, and I'm happy to share that we surpassed the first major milestones on this road. That is the adoption of the Doha Program of Action on March 17, 2022 in New York. Named after the host city of the fifth UN Conference on the List of All Countries, or LDC5, the Doha Program of Action for the List of All Countries for the Decade 2022-31, or DPOA, commits the world to a new generation of renewed and strengthened commitments between the least developed countries and their development partners, as well as the private sector and civil society. As we already shared in previous episodes, there is going to be another session, LDC 5, second part, that will be held next March 2023 in Doha, Qatar. The split format was deemed necessary to ensure a safe and in-person gathering in Doha, but also in recognition of the fact that the list of our countries cannot wait yet another year for the package of international support measures contained within the DPOA. And now, let's move on with our mini-series, The Cypher in Doha, where we talk through the program together to reflect on what reinvigorated commitments the LDCs and development partners at large have committed to for the people that we serve. Today, we're focusing on a very important topic, structural transformation, which the DPOA says that remains a critical challenge for LDCs to date, and mentions a set of sectors that do not manage to contribute to the GDP to high levels. The DPOA defines LDC economies as largely undiversified, highly dependent on commodities and external assistance, and at the bottom of regional global value chains. And it goes on mentioning the agriculture sector that, though employing half of the population in LDCs, is still characterized by subsistence practices with low levels of value addition per worker and inadequate access to national, regional and global markets. And then the services sector, with the bulk of tertiary employment concentrated in what are called less knowledge-intensive services, the negligible participation in global exports or commercial services. Therefore, the DPOA underlines the importance of country-specific policies supported by an international labeling environment to promote, establish, and enhance the domestic services sector. Before moving into specific action areas, the DPOA commits to promoting the achievement of structural transformation that is capable of five mutually reinforcing accounts. One, increasing productivity and growth. Two, reducing disaster risk, including the exposure to and the vulnerabilities to shocks. Three, creating decent full employment and jobs. Four, eradicating poverty. And five, ensuring inclusive and sustainable development. Then, the DPOA highlights four key action areas that will support the achievement of what we just mentioned and in general reaching structural transformation in LDCs. To put it simply, productive capacities, infrastructure, 
value chains and trade, and private sector. Let's dive into the first one, shall we? Productive capacity building. Ungta defines productive capacities as the productive resources, entrepreneurial capabilities, and production linkages that together determine the capacity of a country to produce goods and services and enable it to grow and develop. The DPOA highlights a lot of those in the LDC economies and its implications of supply constraints, weak exports, and economic potentials. To overcome this, the TPOA encourages LDC and member states at large to undertake what it calls National Productive Capacities Gap Assessments, perceived as crucial to fully assessing key constraints for each LDC when it comes to productive capacity building. Target-wise, the DPOA aims to generate quality employment opportunities for all by 2031, with particular attention to vulnerable segments of society, including women and youth. Substantially increase economic and export diversification, double industry's share of employment and gross domestic product, GDP, in LDCs by 2030. Here are a set of commitments to achieve these targets. Member states will promote and support sustainability-based formulation of national strategies aimed at increasing decent employment, diversification, economic transformation, value addition, etc. LDC themselves commit to creating a conducive policy environment for industrial diversification and support improved data collection to garner trends and better inform policies to drive productivity shifts. As always, there's also a direct call for innovative solutions, entrepreneurship, and the use of modern and locally adapted technologies and practices, with particular emphasis on manufacturing, agriculture, services sectors, including tourism, information and communications, and finance. There's also a call to promote family farming as well as the development of agribusinesses with sustainable value addition along the agriculture value chain. LDC themselves commit to implementing science evidence-based and data-driven agriculture practices that increase resilience and sustainable productivity. In addition, there's a decision to improve access to agricultural research, sustainable innovation and practices, including agroecological and other innovative approaches to supporting adaptation and mitigation where relevant. Member states committed promoting MSMEs with particular emphasis on women-led ones, and to do this via supporting full and equal access to financial services, improved access to value chains, digitalization, fully tapping into onto the potential of e-commerce for enhanced competitiveness, but simply to fully embrace the benefits of a global digital economy. Member states also commit to promoting increased market opportunities and full and equal access to financial services and products for MSMEs and entrepreneurs from LDCs. Here we have a recognition, the structural transformation for it to work in LDCs. It requires a conducive business ecosystem with strong and well-equipped business support organizations and business-friendly policies, regulatory frameworks, and export strategies to facilitate MSMEs' access to markets. Here, member states will support and empower MSMEs and entrepreneurs in LDCs, with a view to bringing about inclusive growth and prosperity. Lastly, 
the DPOA reaffirms the importance of human capacity. Human capacity as a critical factor for the utilization of other productive capacities. Therefore, calling for increasing responsible public and private investment, including through international cooperation, with a focus on skills development. Now, let's drop right into the second area of focus for structural transformation. Which one is it? That's right, it is infrastructure development. The DPOA presents huge quality infrastructure gaps, in particular regarding access to energy, transport and information communication technologies, and how these lack brings about difficulties in addressing financing gaps and what that entails. So to bridge it, the DPOA mentions the G20 principles for quality infrastructure investment as a means to promote efforts and support towards quality infrastructure development that is consistent with wider international standards and further highlights the need for improved coordination between public and private investments and how only through this can we really achieve and bridge this infrastructure gap that we have identified. Then the DPOA looks into specific sectors and looks within infrastructure development, what are the main elements that we shall be focusing on over the next decade. The first one is transport. The DPOA highlights how, despite the efforts made in the previous program of action, the Istanbul one, the IPOA, LDCs continue to face inefficient and unreliable physical transport infrastructure and highlights some motivation, some rationale behind this unreliability. And it addresses it through high costs, lack of investment per maintenance, and a lack of institutional capacity and regulatory environments. So in order to establish a safe, affordable and accessible transport system, LDCs should have the means in order to reduce transport costs, facilitate trade and link themselves to regional international markets to enhance competitiveness. In terms of targets, the DBOA aims to significantly expand, upgrade and maintain and get access to safe, affordable transport infrastructure and highlights the need for connectivity that is a national level, but also cross-boundary to bring about additional regional exchanges with neighboring countries, so to speak, to boost up revenues and ensure that all forms of transport infrastructure are maintained through closing the missing links and strengthening the institutional capacities in order to maintain them. When it comes to commitments, the member states look at developing and implementing a comprehensive national and local policies for safe transport infrastructure development and maintenance. And to do this while ensuring a sustainable, climate resilient transport infrastructure that can withstand impacts of disasters, climate change and rising sea levels. Something that is shock responsive and able to respond to possible stresses that LDCs may face and its infrastructure may face. There's also an intention to increase electrification as well as access to public transport in all LDCs over the next decade. In order to achieve this, 
and to bring about its commitments to reality, member states at large will be mobilizing domestic and international resources, as well as boost up the exchange of experiences on transport with access to different means of financing, as well as infrastructure development uh, in order to both strengthen the services, but also boost up the institutional capacities of those that need to maintain them. Lastly, direct call to development partners, international organizations, regional development banks, and the private sector to provide financial and technical support via public-private partnerships and direct investments to support these efforts that the LDCs aim to bring about and bring to reality when it comes to transport, infrastructure development, and maintenance. In this case, there's the DPOA stresses the importance of developing necessary policies and enabling environments that would promote private sector involvement in infrastructure development via technical assistance and capacity development. There's also very important the need for leveraging new and innovative financing sources and new funding mechanisms, including blended finance and green bonds. And when we think about infrastructure, UNCDF, as part of its mandate, really develops these kind of innovative financing mechanisms that are nationally led and also bring about and catalyze private sector involvement, private sector flows of finance. And when it comes to infrastructure in particular, we have a third-party managed fund called IMF, International Municipal Investment Fund, that really works on that and is made and meant for LDCs by LDCs to really bridge and contribute to the structural transformation that we've talked about thus far. So if you aren't familiar with it, I really urge share the possibility of looking into our website on uncdf.org slash imith and uh, to learn more about this very interesting initiative that we offer to our constituencies when it comes to infrastructure development. Moving on, the second bucket within the infrastructure development that we're going to be focusing on is energy. And despite its importance and importance of access, to energy that is sustainable, modern, reliable, affordable as a means to reach structural transformation. Yet again, we have challenges that LDCs face. And those challenges are grouped into three main levels, which are the generation, the transmission, and the utilization of energy. So there's a lack of capacity to mobilize financing that are required and necessary to invest in major power generation projects. And some numbers as well, with only 53% of the population living in LDCs having access to energy. And with rates of access in rural areas of only around 10% in some countries, which is very daunting. So there's a recognition in the DPOA that the COVID-19 pandemic has underlined and underscored the importance of affordable, reliable, sustainable, modern energy access from health services to the use of technologies and the resources that have been deployed to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic have further constrained the already limited fiscal capacity and increased the risk of energy insecurity in these countries. 
The LDC is committed to net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050 in the context of resources being available to do so. So the pathway to net zero requires a substantial increase in the share of renewable energy and in clean energy technologies in all three main end use categories. So electricity, transport and heating slash cooling. So despite its immense potential, LDCs rarely benefit from the larger financing schemes to the same extent as more prosperous developing countries may have. So the DPOA expresses concerns that 15 LDCs are the top 20 access deficit countries in the world. And in 2019, the LDCs attracted only 20% of international commitments in support of clean energy to developing countries. The DPOA and member states at large welcome the call of parties, UNFCC, C and or the Paris Agreement to accelerate the development, deployment and dissemination of technologies, as well as the adoption of policies that will bring about this transition towards low emission energy systems, while providing targeted support to the poorest and most vulnerable in line with national contexts and recognizing the need to support a just transition. Beyond some numbers are very low and very daunting when it comes to access to clean cooking, uh, we recognize some increase throughout, let's say, the implementation of the IPOA from 11% in 2010 to just about 17% in 2019. Yet again, how clean cooking and access to it is very low when it comes to rural areas, which is only at 7%, and several LDCs at large have overall access to clean cooking equal to or less than 5%. When it comes to targets by 2030 that ensuring universal access to energy services, the double the generation of electricity per capita in LDCs increase substantially the share of renewable energy in the energy mix in line with SDG 7 announced international cooperation. And 50% of the annual financing flows to clean cooking electricity access to be directed to least developed countries. In terms of commitments, there's an encouragement to double the international public finance and mobilization of resources from all sources to meet the urgent needs for investment in power generation and transmission, including grid reinforcement and upgrading of technology in order to provide affordable, modern, reliable and sustainable energy to all through improved generation, transmission, distribution facilities and enhanced energy efficiency in LDCs. There's also a commitment to scale up targeted supporting LDCs in the implementation of the UN Decade for of Sustainable Energy for All, including the Global Plan of Action for the Decade. There's also the priority basis to double generation of electricity per capita in LDCs and a commitment to supporting that through financial and technical support, as well as this theme that we've already seen in different accounts throughout the DPOA of strengthening cooperation, South-South cooperation in particular, to promote innovation and peer learning and facilitate financing cross-border power grid connectivity to advance 
economic integration and sustainable development and share best practices. So there's a commitment to women's full, equal and effective participation and leadership in the design and implementation of energy policies and programs and borders of mainstreaming gender perspective and to ensure economic and social empowerment of all, including employment and other income generating activities related to energy. Moving on, there's a commitment to promoting public and private investments, to transition households to cleaner, more efficient and sustainable cooking technologies and fuels, as well as need for increasing the deployment of least cost, decentralized solutions, policy support and new business models, and the sharing of best practices when it comes to mini and microgrids, standalone renewable energy systems, rooftop, solar, photovoltaic, and storage, and so on. There's an invitation to development partners, MTPs at large, including IRENA, International Solar Alliance, and other relevant stakeholders to substantially increase their investments in LDCs for a simplified access process, developing sustainable, reliable, modern, inclusive, and equitable energy systems. Lastly, there's also an emphasis on the urgent need to enhance international cooperation to facilitate access to clean energy research and technology, and also some level and wider support to implement LDC Renewable Energy and Energy Efficiency Initiative for Sustainable Development, LDCREEI, which aims to harness the renewable energy potentials across LDCs and promoting energy efficiency. Moving on, we have the third action area, which relates to connecting to global regional value chains, strengthening the services economy and trade in order to reach structural transformation in LDCs over the next decade. There's a recognition of the challenges of LDCs in this account when it comes to integrating themselves into regional global value chains. And this includes limited industrial development, low level of productivity and diversification, lack of technology and structural transformation, limited access to trade finance, and rules of origin and non-tariff barriers such as various quality standards. That is why the POA targets to significantly increase the value added and manufacture component of LDC's exports with the objective of integrating into the regional and global value chains. The member states at large commit to greater integration of LDCs into the regional and global value chains. And this includes actually the need for increased diversification to accelerate their structural economic transformation and sustainable development. Member states then commit to supporting LDCs to significantly increase the integration into regional global value chains with a view to enhancing their competitiveness, leapfrogging the development process and driving their productivity growth. What does that mean in concrete terms? It means strengthening their productive capacity, export competitiveness, access to trade finance, market access, trade facilitation and technology transfer on mutually agreed terms. Let's now move on to the full and last action area to support this transition towards structural transformation among LDCs, and that is the support to private sector development. 
there's a recognition in this DPOA that a dynamic, broad-based, well-functioning and socially responsible private sector is a valuable instrument to economic growth that is equitable, sustained and inclusive, as well as a source of tax revenues and an enabler towards sustainable structural transformation. There's also recognition of those constraints that are structurally based, such as infrastructure bottlenecks, limited access to finance, high operating and trading costs, limited human capital that may hamper the growth of the private sector in LDCs. So what are the targets? The targets are to create an enabling environment, very important for private sector development, that supports it further to align themselves with the SDGs. Secondly, ensure full and equal access to financial services and products for micro, small, medium enterprises, MSMEs, including insurance, especially for women, youth, and improved financial and digital literacy. The DPOA and member states at large commit themselves to promoting an enabling business environment that is conducive to growth and development, the absence of corruption, a transparent and rules-based regulatory framework that simplifies business regulations and processes, reducing and streamlining administrative formalities, and creates efficient national support mechanisms, improving supply chain, then where appropriate strengthening regulatory frameworks to better align private sector incentives with public goals, foster long-term quality investment and ensure that private sector adopts sustainable practices. There's therefore a commitment to fostering economic activity and ease of doing business for private companies and to do so by promoting domestic market and capital formation, economic clusters hubs, industry parks, Export processing zones that remove obstacles to investments and infrastructure usage and therefore enable simpler facilitation of business operations and trades and support LDCs in implementation of such measures. Very important. There's therefore a commitment to strengthening cooperation for cross-fertilization, very interesting term, or peer learning in easier terms of experiences, and the dissemination of best practices, the first entrepreneurship, promote dialogue and contacts by LDCs from LDCs. Lastly, there's a support provision of finance, including grant technical assistance, seed funding, as well as concessional financing from development partners, UN entities, World Bank Group and IMF and the private sector in order to leverage additional sources of finance from IMSMEs to facilitate their growth and development. And in this regard, we commit to promoting regular private public sector dialogues. This sense, of course, as you may know, UNCTF is at the forefront of establishing mechanisms, not only nationally, but also partnering with other entities to develop these funds to attract private sector capital into these emerging economies. First and foremost, in particular to promote private sector development by directly supporting MSMEs in the missing middle. Those companies that are too big to receive access to microfinancing instruments, but they're too small in order to directly attract commercial financing. 
And um, in this account, I invite to look at the bill fund as well as the bridge fund onto our website, uncdf.org, where we further explain how we try to fill in this gap in the missing middle for the LDCs with the LDCs. We've come to the end of this episode around structural transformation. We've touched upon many interesting accounts and four different elements that an action area, so to speak, that will help promote structural transformation over the next 10 years. So productive capacity, infrastructural development, connecting global regional value chains, as well as promoting private sector development. Thank you for joining us today. And thanks to our audience for joining us on the NCDF podcast, Capital Musings. Once again, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter with an hashtag Capital Musings or leave us a review. Reviews help us and new listeners discover our podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. Thanks, and until next time.